Thank you, Mr. Clayton. Give Ron a big hand. So good to see you. So um, I'm Pastor Brett, and so I want to let's welcome our online people. God bless you. Thanks for watching us today. Uh, yeah, the first Saturday of, of the month, thank you, Scott, is also Men's Breakfast. We'll meet at Bob Evans at 8, and uh, we usually fill that at least one section. We start out with 4 or 5, and I think last time we had 12 or more guys, and it's just time to... Guys always just like to eat, don't we? Something probably... I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's just, yeah, see, you know, the guys are going, no, there's nothing wrong with that. It's all good. Hey, this is the last week in fixing the money thing. I, I, I love the title. I asked my pastor, Pastor Gary has uh, you know, a show and a book and everything. I said, hey, dude, can I, can I take your line fixing the money thing? And he's like, yes, do it. So, I mean, we've learned a lot about money. We've learned about tithing and we've learned about what to give, how to give, and the way and how it works. We're going to talk about multiplication today. But I want to give a plug starting next week, and I... I'm not sure how many weeks for sure it's going to be, but I just know, how many knows the world is, uh, gets a little crazy? Come on. I mean, is, are, are, is it just me or do you see fear that's just seemed to be growing around? And now I'm not, I'm not trying to give voice to that. I'm just saying suicide is up. There's stuff happening where it shouldn't be happening. Stress. Anxiety, worry, all that. We're going we're gonna to do a series and starting next week is going to be called Live Free. How many knows with the kingdom of God in God's house, you shouldn't have to worry about suicide? Come on. Shouldn't have to worry about money. Shouldn't have to worry about stress. We just need to say, God, show me how to do If I could show you at least the things that the Lord's downloaded to me, and they've helped us. And I'm not perfect, so if you want to examine my life, you're welcome to, but... Hey, I put my pants on just like you do, one leg at a time. I tried jumping at them once, but it wasn't good. <laughs> anyway, we're going to look at living free next week. And so I just want to encourage you. And you, you, let's plug in. Let's do some things. Let's come to Life Group. I'll be here Tuesday. And, you know, if the weather's good, we might even have a campfire. Who knows what we'll do out there. But we'll, we'll just, we're doing life together. We might as well enjoy it. I love uh, what we're doing and where God is taking us and what's happening. We bought a new logo for the, the kids' ministry called Kids Town. Have you seen that? Look at our Facebook page. Pretty crazy. It's awesome. Uh, we got a banner on the, on the building. We just had a meeting the other day. And, you know, we're going to raise money for the light-up banner. Well, when that comes in, we'll put it up. But until then, we got a temporary banner, and God just did that right away. That was really fun to put up Friday. Took us about eight hours. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm telling you, by the time we were done, if you take that banner down, it looked like Bonnie and Clyde had shot that wall. We're like, oh. Anyway, we, had a, we worked together. Memories, huh? Well, let's jump into the message today. Let's, let's start, look at what God's saying about multiplication. Now, if you're like me, I like multiplication, but we know most about, we can, we can add, we know addition. Most of us, when it comes to money, know what subtraction is or division when we say budget, we go, no, we don't say that in our house. Our house, we do say budget. But I'm just saying sometimes when we're, we don't want to look at things. So we want to, if God is going to multiply finances, how that happens. How could that happen for us? So we're going to look at a story today, one that you've all heard before. We're going to talk about the loaves and the fishes. Um, and so the Bible's full of stories, but this one is a great one for multiplication. 
So are you ready? So here we go. Look in your Bible, Luke chapter 9, 12 through 17. It says, late in the afternoon, the 12 disciples came to him and said, send the crowds away to the nearby villages and farms so they can find food and lodging for the night. There's nothing to eat here in this remote place. I love Jesus's response. Now, you have people in your life that are just, Jesus is just matter of fact. He's just like, he's going to say things that you're like, you, you really did not say that, but he does. So here's what he says. You feed them. And they said, we only have five loaves and two fish. Are you expecting us to go buy enough food for this whole crowd? There was about 5,000 men. So Jesus said, tell them to sit down in groups of 50. So the people all sat down. He took five loaves, two fish, looked up towards heaven, blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread and the fish to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted. Afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. Interesting, we could say a lot of things. 12 baskets, 12 disciples, hmm. But I really think it was the kid that had the lunch, the five loaves and the two fish. I think that he's really got blessed. Now, whether it's the disciples or whoever got all the leftovers, that's fine. But I want us to look at the principle. It said 5,000 men. Now, back in that day, they counted men as heads of families. So they weren't counting women and children. So quite frankly, there could have easily been fifteen to 20,000 people in one place. Now, this is like the Hillside Concert. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's out there. There's a lot of folk. And so it is just going on. There's a bunch of stuff. So when you were growing up, Everybody probably, if you had more than one sibling, you had the one kid, especially if they're a girl, that liked to play house. Look at y'all. Nope. Go with me for a moment, shall we? We have four children, two girls, two boys. Miss Mallory, by the way, Mallory will be here Wednesday to lead worship. She, she will be back. Isn't it great to have John with us now? What, these guys are going to be the dynamic duo, I'm telling you. She'll be back Wednesday, and then she'll be leading next Sunday as well, and John will be on the team. We just love John, and he's got a heart for Jesus and just been amazing. <laughs> so Mal would get her brothers, and one of them is here today, Sam, and, uh, and she would say, we're going to play house. She would wear the hats and the teacups and do all that stuff. Now, I want us just to think about, uh, so uh, the reason I'm saying that is just I want us to role play a second. Let's say we're looking for a speaker. We're looking for uh, somebody that's really good, and we are the MSC, the Messiah Search Committee. That's all of us here. And, and we find this Jesus guy, and he's pretty good, man. He, I mean, he raises the dead. He walks on water. He's done some things. He's got a reputation. He's just really doing well. And so we're here to observe what he's doing. And so he's, he's going at it, but he's talking, and it's, I mean, it's 11.30, and he started around 11, and I'm not Jesus, so I'm not going to keep you here that long. But it's 12, and he's still going. It's 1, he's still going. 1.30, he's still going. Well, let me just say, the kickoff's already happening. The wings are getting cold. Come on, wrap this thing up. And he's still going strong. He's just pushing. He's talking. People are listening. The disciples are like, I'm about starved to death. We got to stop this meeting. We got to get the. You ever felt not spiritual? Everybody around you acts like they're just spiritual. And you feel like, am I just me or is it just like, I ain't getting nothing? We've all been there. But so, so they say, we got to stop this guy. I know. 
Let's tell him the people are hungry. That's a great idea. Let's tell him the people are hungry, and he'll dismiss the meeting. So now between the 12 of them, they go, okay, who wants to go tell him? Peter, you're going to tell him. I, why does it mean? I don't want to. You always talk. Peter, you're going to go tell him. So Peter comes into the meeting. If you can imagine 20,000 people out there, excuse me, excuse me. Lord, this is it's really good. I mean, I'm, I'm blessed beyond. I'm, I'm, I'm really. But the people are hungry. We're concerned about the people. We'd like you to stop the meeting. We, we, you know, could you stop the meeting? We're concerned about them. They're hungry. Jesus turns to Peter and says, you're concerned about the people. Yeah, we're concerned about the people. You feed them. What? Well, give them something to eat. You said you're concerned about the people. Go give them something to eat. So you go back to the committee to report. Is he going to stop the service? What did he say? He, he told us to feed him. What? We can't feed this kind of people. Where are we going to get all that? Well, you know, and some, some little kid sneaks by. He's just been to Long John Silver's. And he's got two fish and five hush puppies. So you grab his lunch. Be quiet, kid. Just sit here for a second. I got it. Peter, look. Tell him this is all we got. Five hush puppies and two fish chicks. He'll have to dismiss me. We can't feed these people. So Jesus is still going. So Peter goes back. Excuse me. Excuse me, Jesus. Oh, so good. So good. I mean, I'm up here. Whoop, whoop. I'm just, it's good. And, uh, uh, you know, you told us to give him something to eat. And Jesus said, yeah. And he said, and all we have is these two pieces of fish and these five hush puppies. And Jesus says, that'll be fine. Have them sit in groups of 50. What? That'd be fine. Just have them sit in groups of 50. Now, let me just say this. Have you ever tried to corral a whole bunch of people? Do you have a whole bunch of people at your house for Thanksgiving or Christmas? It's time to eat and you want to pray and Uncle George is in the other room talking about something and you're like, the gravy's getting cold or something. And you're, Somebody stop Uncle George. Have you ever been to my sister's house? We do not need that gravy being cold. That is liquid gold. You cannot make the gravy cold. So, you know, just corralling people. Okay, so sit them in groups of 50. So they do all that. And then this is what he's... This is, Jesus goes on and he says, just you know, bring, that, bring that stuff to me. Now, I want you to think about that just for a second. I mean, right now it's easy because we're just pretending. But if we had 20,000 people and we had just what we're talking about to feed them, and he says, yeah, have them sit in groups of 50. You're outside of town. You're concerned about the people. Jesus has a way of just knowing what you really mean, doesn't he? Without even saying, so anyway, he says, you feed them. You give them something to eat. So you go through all of that. You reemphasize this is all we have. It doesn't seem to phase him. I want you to understand something. When it comes to whether it's money or whatever, God looks at stuff past your five cents realm. What you see, what you hear, what you smell, what you taste, what you touch. The enemy works in that realm because we, you know, that's, faith is past that. Faith is the substance of things not seen. How many knows you don't have to see it to believe it? Mark eleven twenty two 22 through 24 says we believe when we pray. We receive when we pray, not when it shows up. So thus, God is working in a supernatural area. The enemy is working in a natural area because that's where we live. Come on. 
He's going to mess with you in an area where you live. In your natural senses, you're going to say, this does not compute. There's too many people, not enough food. Too many people. I think we try to figure God out. I think we try to figure, God, I think I know how you're going to do this. I mean, we're doing what you say, but I think I got you figured out now. Have you ever figured God out? I went to God one time because my, my lovely wife, if she wants something, I want to get it for her. Then you might say, that's not right. You can say whatever you want. I like it. So I like doing that. And one day we were together and she said, I, I think, she doesn't really talk like that. I'm just helping. <laughs> I think wiener dogs are cute. And I said, you like wiener dogs. Now, for those of you that want me to talk proper, that's a dachshund. But for, for the benefit of all of us that just want to have fun, we're going to call them wiener dogs. So she said, I like a wiener dog. So I went to the Lord and said, God, I want to get Kim a wiener dog. Could I get her a wiener dog? And the Lord said, yes. I said, okay, thanks. And I went and I got it. And I brought back Max. A black and tan wiener dog. Max was as cute as anything. He was adorable. You could go out and get the mail, come back in, and Max would see you again and go, Psh, and pee all over the floor. <laughs> I don't care how many times you went out and came in. It's like, Max, it's still me. <laughs> Sam got attached to Max. Sam and Max were like, Two peas in a pod. And Sam would play with Max, and Max would be loving it. If he got too excited, it looked like a fire hose as they rolled across the living room floor. Because Max is just spraying everything. My wife comes to me and says, either the dog goes or I do. She's still here. So we were about to take another church. And I had to find Max a home. And that was really hard for me because I love my son. And he had big crocodile tears. I mean, and I was Superman. I was his hero. That day I did not feel like his hero. And I was, my, my heart was hurting. And I went to the Lord and I said, I don't understand. You said I could buy her a dog. Why would that? How many knows that Proverbs says when God, he gives you wealth, he has no sorrow with it. Why do I have sorrow? He said, you didn't let me finish because I had God figured out. Hey, God, I know how you're going to do this. You said I could get. He said, if you'd have stayed for the rest of the conversation, I said, yes, she can have one. But now's not a good time. You need to wait. Oh, I didn't hear that. Duh. See, see, they're trying to figure, I know how God's going to do this. Because, you know, maybe like he did, uh, and, and he did some baskets with another prophet, and he, had, he multiplied some. I, I got this figured out, God. But I want you to see what happens. Jesus takes the stuff. In other words, those five loaves and two fish. He says, bring it to me. Now, look at this. Luke 9, 16. This is New Living Translation says, Jesus took the five loaves of two fish, looked up towards heaven, and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread and fish to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. That's New Living Translation. When you look at that, this is what it implies to me. They brought it to him. He blessed it. He broke it. He gave it to the disciples. And the Bible says he kept giving it to them. And they were feeding the people. Now, if we go to the New King James Version... 
which is basically King Jimmy without the, the D's and the Dow's. And this says this. He took five loaves, two fish, looking up to heaven. He blessed and broke them, gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. So they all ate and were filled, and 12 baskets of leftover fragments were taken up by them. The, the new King James leads us to think that he had given it to the disciples, and then as they broke it, the miracle hap- it happened in their hands. Are you seeing what I'm trying to tell you? Now, <laughs> so I asked the Lord, I, I've preached it the second way. And I saw it in the New, new Living, and I said, Lord, I'm, what do you want me to say? And this is what he told me. So I'm just going to tell you what he told me. He said, here's the principle that I want you to know. And I said, all right, I'm all ears, and I'm staying for the conversation. Has nothing to do with the wiener dog. He said, they gave it to me first. You have to understand, we understood, we've learned all this, that the first portion, the first fruit, redeems the rest. Remember when I lined up $10 bills? What was the tithe off that? We said one. Which one? The left, the right, the middle? The first one spent. We have to give that. So whether it, the multiplication happens in your hands, or whether it happens When Jesus is giving it to you, what makes the difference as long as he got it first? You're going to handle it second. Come on. That's the principle. Let me me bring this down to how this... I I can't explain other than tell you things that happened in my life. I love holidays. I love Thanksgiving. I love Christmas. One of the reasons I love Thanksgiving is I'm thankful for a lot of things. But let's go back to food because I'm a guy. That's a good place to say amen. (laughs) Amen. Yep, he's a guy. Yep, okay. So, Kim, when we were in ministry, we were, we were never home. I mean, like in Marion. So, you, you know, for us, this is a blessing to be able to be near Kim's mother and my sister. And then my, my folks moved from Florida. For ministry, all our ministry lives, we were never here. We only came back for holidays. So it would just be like when we were celebrate, if it wasn't on that particular holiday, when we were back with family, we would do things just with our family. Because that's what we had. So she made a turkey. Have you ever watched Fred Flintstone growing up, besides me? Fred Flintstone would have that big turkey leg, and he'd bite into that, and of course it'd never go away. There'd be one little big moon out of it, and that would be that. I always thought that was really cool as a kid. I felt if I had a turkey leg, I was rich. Yes, I know, that's sad. But I'm telling you as a kid, I thought that's what it was. So my mom would save me the turkey leg, and I would eat that turkey leg, and I always thought that was great. So I told that to Kim, and so Kim said, okay, you can have turkey leg. Sammy's here today, and Sam always wanted to be, the other kids would play, like Zach would be like, I'm Batman. Mal would be whoever she wanted to be, and Sam would be, I'm dad. I'm like, oh, I love that boy. So anyway, because I like turkey legs, Sam liked turkey legs. So Kim made this turkey, this true story, in the refrigerator. I rip off the turkey leg. I'm sitting there, and so Sammy's like, I want one. So he ripped off the turkey leg. And so we're both eating turkey legs, and we're like, we're men, we're men. You know, we're just having a good time. Well, we were done, and we cleaned up, and we had family time and all that. The next day, I went back in the refrigerator, and I was thinking to myself, man, that turkey leg was good. Wished I had another one. On the turkey was another leg. And I thought, I had one. Sam didn't eat mine. He had his own. I don't know how God did that. I don't know if there was a turkey angel that after I went to bed was like, okay. 
I don't know, but all I know is I got another turkey leg. You don't have to understand exactly how God does what he does just to know that God does what he does. That's how it is. It's about trust. It's about just saying, God, I love you. I, and it really doesn't matter whether you hand it to me and it multiplies or whether it multiplies and then you hand it to me as long as I gave it to you first. The promise always follows obedience. I'm going to say it one more time. The promise always follows obedience. It doesn't come before. It takes faith. Remember that even from the first week. To give that first. You don't know if you're going to get any more. It takes faith to give that. Whether it happens in his hands, your hands, as long as you know it's going to happen. God, I gave that to you. That's yours. I'm just the steward over it. This is about authority. You watch me every week say things, and sometimes people will be like, I don't understand why he says that. Well, we'll say it's time for giving, and I'll say we're going to take the money. Now, think about this. You have authority in, in areas. Let, let me make it, let me say this even more. Whatever you have your hand involved in, the kingdom is involved in that. Because that's where you have dominion. Wherever your foot lands, the kingdom is involved in that because you have authority. If you, I'm, I'm going to teach you in, in, to live free. I'm going to, you know, sometimes we're, we're wanting something, you know, and I'm not just talking about stuff. I'm just saying we're wanting this, but yet we don't have any way in our mindset. We're not understanding what God is trying to tell us to get what he's given us the desire to have. I'm going to show you how you can do that. If you're involved in it, the kingdom's involved in it. So in the money that you get from whatever job you have or whatever, the kingdom can be involved in that because your authority is in that realm. Are you with me? So because of that, you have the authority now to take what was put in your hands and then place that portion of what goes to God where it's supposed to. So the blessing is on that. So when we say we're taking it out of the earth curse system or the world system and we're bringing it over to the kingdom by the authority that Christ gave us, it's delegated. Then now because it is in the kingdom, Jesus has legal jurisdiction because under my authority given to me by him, he now can go in there and work on it. Hunting season is coming up. If you go hunt where it says no trespassing and you don't have permission to be on that land, you don't have any authority to hunt there. But if you're going somewhere that either you own the land or have permission and the authority, then you can hunt there. You see, we're asking God to do a lot of things that we have not put into the kingdom. Oh, that'd preach a lot, but we're not going there yet. We'll do that here soon. Here's two simple principles that are for us to understand. Here's the first one. It has to be blessed before it can multiply. In other words, that's, you know, why do we bless our food? Yeah, I'll pray this. There is a, there is a scripture in the Bible that, say, that says, take sickness. This is the Israelites in the Old Testament. Take sickness from our midst. Sounds like I'm saying, take sickness from our midst. But our midst. You know, so when we pray over our food, we pray, you know, for it to be that nothing would harm us and that kind of thing. I had a youth come up to me one time and go, do we have to pray over leftovers? 
We already prayed over it once. I mean, is it good? <laughs> Just some thought. It's got to be blessed before it can multiply. So we're bringing it out of the kingdom of the earth and we're putting it into God's kingdom so God can bless it so that he can do what he needs to do. You have the authority. You have to give that to Jesus. The first portion redeems the rest. It doesn't go to other ministries. It doesn't go to other Christian organizations. We bring it into the house of the God. That's what our tithe goes to. That's the first portion. Offering. Tithing is returning. Offering is giving. I have people that will say, you know what, I've done that for years. I've never seen my, my money go any bigger. Well, we, if we examine, and, and sometimes I've, you know, we've had to peel the onion back, so to speak, they've never give first portion. Or we have people that will be, I tried tithing. I did it last week. Nothing happened, so I quit. But again, it's, it's not yours to quit. So we have to look at it a different way. If we're giving first, I had a guy just tell me when we did this series, he goes, I've been tithing, I thought, for years, but I think I've been going about it wrong. It is about giving God first. He is first place. And then when he gives it back, it's blessed. You know, ministry has been amazing for us, but there have been times it's been very challenging. Um, we... You know, when we don't, you know, we wouldn't tell, uh, obviously we get up in the church and say, you know, hey, we're having this or that or that kind of thing. But this is years ago. And, you know, four kids, two boys, two girls. They like food just like anybody. And we were leaving church. And when we were going, have you ever went and you know you're going home, but you know there's not a whole lot of stuff in the fridge. And you're trying to get creative. Anybody else ever try to get creative? You know, just like, okay, how can I, what can I make this to make this new? I'll give you a quick recipe. Didn't even give first service. Are you ready? Yes. Oh, great. <laughs> Mac and cheese. Get some chicken Raymond noodles. You boil the mac and cheese and macaroni noodles. This is, you see, if you're watching me on Facebook, you'll love this. Seven minutes, because they're ten minutes for the noodles, right? The Raymond noodles take three. Seven minutes for the mac and cheese noodles. Throw the Raymond noodles in the last three minutes. You boil all the noodles, drain them. Fix everything the way you normally would. The butter, the milk, the cheese packet. With the, with the Raymond noodles, it's just a little chicken seasoning packet. Put all that in, mix it together. My boys are like, that's awesome, Dad. I mean, they would take loaves of bread and just put butter on it and carve themselves out and shove that in, you know, just be... But it's just like chicken cheesy noodles. I don't know how to explain it, but it's, it's actually pretty good. If you're a college student, you'll be thanking me for that. So anyway, we are on our way home, and this is what I was praying. You know, and Kim and I were both. We, you know, she is an incredible wizard at budget. Uh, she knew how, and I'll tell you who helped her get started on budget, Sandy. Sandy, Uncle Tom and Aunt Sandy back here. Sandy helped us get started. I mean, she has a gift in that. And so, you know, we went, and Kim took notes, and... I mean, that's where all that starts. So she, was, she, could, she could do miracles, you know, how God would work with that. But we're thinking, what are we going to have when we get home? So this is what I prayed. You ever shoot a flare prayer up to God? You know, just like, <laughs> So I said, Lord, I wish I had $20. God, I'm just speaking to 20 bucks. Just like so take him through Wendy's drive-thru, value menu. We go out to the car. We didn't say anything to anybody. Out of the car, attached to my windshield wiper was a $20 bill. I thought, I should have said 50. 
but I didn't. I said 20. And so now, now listen to me. What's, how much money did I have to spend at Wendy's? $18. Why? Because $2 of that was tied. First portion. So, but Brett, but if it was a 20, how did you? Again, think about our heart. I divided that in my heart. This is what we have to spend. Now, as the father, this is what I did. I had them all order. Of course, my son, Zach, Dad, I want 500 cheeseburgers and 14 fries. No, Zach, you know, whatever. So, you know, I made sure everybody got what they wanted, and then I saw what I had left so that I was going to eat that came up to 18. Isn't that what we do, dads? Just making sure that's right. So we had that $2. I took, once I paid for the 20, they gave me the change back. I took the, the tithe amount, folded it up, stuck it in my wallet, separated it. Come on, because that isn't my money. And then any change or anything like that, it's almost automatic. If we get anything, Kim will say, okay, I got the tithe off that. What do you want to give for offering? Because tithing is returning, offering. I'm saying, Jesus, come and do your thing. Because your kingdom is so worth it. If we would start living and understanding, God, show me what you want. Here's our second. It has to be given away before it can multiply. It has to be given away. See, if you keep it or don't put it in, I'll, I'll just, and then if I have it, I'll give it away, Lord. You go ahead, yep, yep, now I have enough for my tithe. You can go ahead and multiply it. That's not how it works. It takes faith. It takes putting God first. This is what has happened so many times. I'm guilty of this, so please, I'm not sticking a finger in anybody's eye. I'm poking it in my own. Okay? What happens sometimes is I'll, I'll give the tithe. I don't do it now, but I'd give the tithe, which would kind of put like the fence around my garden, you know what I'm saying? Protect the stuff in the garden. But offering is where I'm really getting multiplication, but I would eat my offering. So I would, I, yeah, I'd give the tithe, but I didn't, I didn't sow anymore. See, this is what we do as a church. Not this church, because you guys know better. But there are people that blame God for crop failure when they didn't put anything in the ground. God, my garden's terrible. There's nothing growing. Did you plant anything? You see, there's a purpose for the tithe. There's a purpose for the offering. Even if it's a quarter, 50 cents. I just was at Faith Life not long ago. Sammy was with me. And uh, I, I got to tell them, you know, he, he sowed. He already gives, he gave his tithe on whatever he had. But in his offering, he sowed a seed for his 10-point buck. And I asked him, I said, and I told the guy, I said, he's going to tell you it's about a buck 50. So I said, Sam, how much would you sow for the, your 10-point buck? He goes, I don't know, about buck 50. And you go to his house on his wall, he's got a beautiful 10-point buck because he believed and he sowed. That's a whole other level of what I'm trying to teach you, but I'm just saying put God first. It has to be given away to multiply. And don't eat your seed. I had a, a fellow minister that came here, and he lives on 70%. This is what he say. He ties 10, he saves 10, and he gives 10 his seed. So he could invest and see, you know, whatever. Why? Because the kingdom always works. 
Most people that complain, they usually don't give above tithe. Giving is happening in offering. That's where multiplication. Here's three levels. We've talked about tithing, offering. And the next one is kind of fun. Not really, but painful offering or extravagant giving. Uh, depending on how you want to look at it, whatever you want to say that God might say, I, I need you to do this, and you're like, really? We've talked about this. Pastor, I don't have much. So I, I tithe, but I don't have much left over. There's not anything for God to deal with. And you won't if you don't use what you have now. I mean, if you want that to multiply, that's, it's a test. It's a test. Pass it. I don't know how God does what he does. I don't know how all of that multiplied to feed 20,000 people, but I just know it did. And it, he had to get it first. I mean, think of the other way, the way that I've even taught it before. Peter brings him a hush puppy and says, okay, hands it to Jesus, one whole hush puppy. How many loves a really good hush puppy? Ooh, malt vinegar, making you hungry yet? Anyway, <laughs> hands him that. Jesus blesses it breaks it, hands Peter half of it back. If you were Peter, you might be, uh, Lord, I have half of what I gave you. Want to pray some more? I mean, don't we think, Lord, this doesn't seem, I don't see, now think, I don't see this, this doesn't, this doesn't look, because we base our faith on our sight. But according to the Bible, we walk by faith and not by sight so let's base our faith god i don't have to see this to know so then whether it multiplies in peter's hand or as peter starts putting that out peter here's some more peter okay however it happens i don't care because his will is being done he wants to have that same result in your life so bless the little, start with the little. Trust and obey. You don't want to stay where you are. Here's three things you can break the spirit of mammon. Remember we talked about mammon. Here's the first one, get out of debt. Do your best to get out of debt. <laughs> new cars are great. I love new cars. We all love new cars. New payments are not so good. Not saying can't have a car payment. I have a lease payment. I get it. I'm not, what I'm saying is don't overextend yourself. Wouldn't it be great? To start believing God. I have people be like, oh, I just, you know, we don't have any money. But then they went and signed a, a whole nother debt paper. Quit signing papers. You don't need a buy here, pay here, 30% car loan. I'm just saying there's other ways. Look to God for your source. Don't look to other people or, Lord, you're my source. I'm gonna, I want to show you this. I so want to go off this today, but i uh, I got to hold myself back. I want to show you how God could give you the concept and the ideas. How many knows in the Bible it says that we're become the head, not the... Most of our life, we've thought with our tail. But God is not just meaning the head to be the top. He's talking about your thinker. He's talking about your concepts. What if you had concepts that he dropped in you and he said that's what i'm talking about i'm going to show you how to do that 
God is your provision. Here's the last thing. Be obedient to God in your giving. So do whatever the Lord tells you. That's it. However small, however big, do whatever he says. You know, before we were pastoring, we went around and I don't know if you know, Carmen was a, in the 80s and 90s, was a big contemporary Christian singer. I would sing Carmen just because I could sound like Carmen. I didn't try. It just was the way it worked out. So it was good. The guy that sounds like Carmen is here. So it's kind of humbling. They would never know my name, but I'm the guy that sounded like Carmen. So that was okay. And Kim would sing Sandy Patty. So if you know who Sandy Patty is, she was an amazing singer, still is an amazing singer. And I'm still trying to get Pastor Kim to sing because you would be blown away. Leave that where that's at because I'm needing a ride home right now. So. Moving right along. <laughs> but, you know, you'd go there, and as we're going there, you know, you, you, to travel to go to other places, you would get love offerings, or sometimes like offerings, or sometimes we don't like you offerings, or you didn't get an offering. I mean, I, I preached one time in Florida, and, and God moved. I mean, the place was just being, it was a move of God, and, and, you know, I'm in Florida. I'm a little bit away from home. The guy said, thanks for coming. Okay. But here's the problem. I'm looking to him for provision. Last time I checked, he never sent me. You see, we have to get our things in line. So start not looking at others, but say, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Now, I, I told the story in the first service. I'm going to tell this, and then I'm going to wrap this whole thing up. <clears throat> this particular minister... That's how he made his living. He went around and he preached. And he went to this church. There were 60 people on a Sunday night. And he said they took up an offering. And it was the most single offering they'd ever given anybody in the history of their church. And they gave him the check. They were so pleased to give him the check. And he was so excited. He told his wife, we had not got anything for a couple months. This will actually catch us up. And they were so excited. They were going to give their tithe and everything off of it because he always did that. Just before he spoke, a missionary got up and, and shared for about 10 minutes of what they were doing in a third world country and what they needed and all of that kind of stuff. And then he got up and spoke and the Lord spoke to him and said, I want you to give that check to the missionary. And he said, that ain't you. And the Lord said, you need to do that. And he said, all right. So he handed the check to the missionary after service. He said, please don't say anything to anybody. Take this check. So then the pastor comes up that was hosting it, said, hey, we're going to all go out for pizza. You and your wife want to come? He said, I had to say yet because we were hungry and we didn't have any money. So he said, yeah. So all the guys kind of sat over here. All the girls were sitting over here. And a guy sat across the table from him and just was staring at him. Have you ever had anybody just make you uncomfortable? Just look at you. You almost are afraid to eat. We went to, we got interviewed at a church we were going to pastor. We ended up getting that church to pastor. But in the Assemblies of God, you know, they, they had, to, you had to go through all that stuff. I had a bagel. I like bagels. It had cream cheese on it. The lady had sitting there and she's like you know white furniture and everything i'm nervous because there's like seven people going to talk to me and kim and they're just you know they're going to ask you everything who tied the pups to you know i don't know and so i'm 
pick up the spagel. Cream cheese. Bang, 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 bang. And so they're all like, oh, uh, you, you know, and I'm trying to wipe it off. Kim's trying to wipe it off. And I'm like, you're not helping. That night they had us, that was in the morning. I think the night, the first night we were there, it's white carpet. I don't know anybody that's ever had white carpet, but she had white carpet. And they gave us pizza. I'm nervous. <laughs> you guys can eat in here, but just don't <laughs> do that. I'm like, I'm just, I'm telling you, I'm entertainment for heaven. But, you know, then the next day the bagel went down my face and all that. So, anyway, so this guy's sitting across from this pastor, and he's just kind of staring at him. He said, did you get that check? The pastor said, oh, yeah, yeah. They're eating their pizza. He said, I want to see it. The pastor said, no, it's all right. He said, I, I, I want to see it. And I you know, I, I tried to remember, and I, I might have the story a little off, but I'll, I'll get the best of my ability. It might be a little different even from first service because I was trying to remember. So he said, uh, Debbie's got it. That's his wife. The guy said, go get it. I'm thinking, how rude. I mean, and so he gets up from the table. He walks over to where his wife's at, leans over. You enjoy your pizza? Okay. Goes back and sits down and he said, did you get the check? He said, no, I didn't, I didn't want to bother. He said, it's in the car. He said, I know it's wrong. He said, I know I'm a preacher. He said, I was lying through my teeth. And the guy looked at him and he said, it's not in the car. You gave it to the missionary, didn't you? And he said, I, I did. I'm sorry. But, and the, the guy turned out, pulled out a check. Now, the check, the original check that was given that minister was $10,000. So he thought to himself, this is, they've never done that big of an offering before, and he hadn't gotten paid for a couple months, so him and his wife, were, they were pretty excited. And then he gave it all away. Now, that's tough, isn't it? Think about it. He had to give it all. He didn't know he was getting anything. But again, he's being a steward. The guy, it was $10,000. The guy turned around, whips the check around, a check for 10 times that amount. Hands it to him, and he said, the Lord told me, to give this to you, you are to teach the body of Christ about finances. Folks, that's a true story. What I'm trying to tell you is this. This isn't a get-rich-quick scheme thing. This isn't something like that. This isn't network marketing. This is about living and walking in the kingdom. There's a hurting world out there that are looking for people just like you. They're wanting fruit. They're wanting answers. And you can... You can be like me and get something from God and never hear the rest of the story and then wish you would have heard the rest. But I, I entrust that you'll stay and you'll listen. Time and time again, the Lord has proved this over in our life. Where we have given, where we didn't feel that we had it, but he said give it. And didn't know what we were going to eat to come home to find five or six bags of groceries on our stoop. And I, to this day, don't know how they got there. Had me give a truck away. I didn't want to give a truck away, but I did. I didn't get anything in a year, which is probably because of my own heart. But then in a, in a shorter, you know, after the year was over, I got another, somebody gave me a car. He had me give that away. The dude didn't know Jesus. He kept trying to pay me for it. I ripped the check up in front of his face. I cannot take a dime for it, sir. It is your car. His face turned white, just looking at me like, this is nuts. 
He gives us another car. We give it away. He gives us a truck. He said, sell it. Take the money. Put it over here. We did that. Give the computer away. Give the watch away. Okay, got five more computers, four more watches, or whatever the case is. Crazy. Give all the money from the truck that you sold and give it to the church. I don't want to do that, but okay, God, you're teaching me. I don't have Christmas for my kids. You know what God would probably say to me? Those are my kids. Within two weeks, somebody came and said, here's Christmas money. I didn't tell anybody. $1,200. That was a good Christmas. Can I tell you, this is just about faith. When I first got into ministry, Lord, if you want me to do this, I don't have any clothes. I, I wore corduroy jeans and a button-up shirt and cowboy boots. Glenn, where's Glenn? Cowboy boots. I was a cowboy. Cowboy boots, that's what I wore. I got to get me a good pair of those, by the way. But anyway, I sewed money. I don't even know if I sewed money or it might have been a button off my shirt. I don't remember, but I didn't have anything. But I, I told the Lord, if you, then you better clothe me because I don't know how I'm going to get it. But I gave it in faith. Was my heart always right? I don't know that it was always right, but it was right enough. Somebody came up the next week and said, I'm supposed to give you $500 for clothes? I didn't tell anybody. Where are you at this morning? What's God telling you? Isn't it time as the body of Christ we live different than the world? Isn't it time that people looked at us and said, what is it? I've had people when gas was almost $4 a gallon, what are you going to do when gas is $4 a gallon? Buy gas? How are you going to do that? That's his concern. Did you catch it? That's my father. He'll provide for me. I just have to do my part. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?